This is the ActiveX Back Show from Edinburgh, Scotland's vibrant capital. Hosted by award-winning registered osteopath, author and all-round pain guru, Gavin Routledge. If you want relief or prevention of lower back pain or sciatica, and you want to be healthier, keep listening. The following programme should not be taken as medical advice, but for informational purposes only. Friends, sufferers, fellow humans, lend me your ears so that I may whisper into them in order to ease your lower back pain and sciatica. This episode is entitled, How Much Should I Rest in Bed with Low Back Pain or Sciatica? And in this episode, you will learn how to apply the use it but don't abuse it rule to create a program of rest and rehabilitation. And in so doing, answering that question, how much should I rest in bed? Or just how much should I rest with low back pain and sciatica? Okay, so we're going all the way back to our foundational episodes here where I first introduce you to the use it but don't abuse it rule. So a quick refresh. If you do not use your physical capabilities or indeed mental capacities, you will slowly lose them. This is a physiological fact and we know from um, what we call functional MRI scans of the brain that fairly soon after a, a severe onset of lower back pain, the parts of your brain that control the muscles in your lower back, what we call the motor cortex, actually start to lose connections. So you start to lose motor control over your lower back muscles within days of a severe onset of pain. And this is simply because you are not using them. So if you don't use something, you slowly, sometimes rapidly lose control over it. And ultimately, in the long term, the muscles will weaken and waste. So again, it's been widely documented that chronic and persistent lower back pain sufferers tend to have a lower or lesser amount of muscle in their lower backs and they have a higher amount of what's called fatty infiltration. So the muscles are smaller and they have more fat in them and therefore they are weaker. So use it Use it or lose it was the original version. Use it or lose it, but don't abuse it. So if you don't use your capacities, you will lose them. However, the don't abuse it bit is really um, indicative of the fact that if you do things that hurt, there are two possible uh, ramifications from that. One is that you are actually aggravating your injury and preventing it from healing. So that's one possible outcome uh, from abusing it. So doing things that hurt is that you will prevent recovery or at least slow it down. And the other is that by doing things that really hurt, you will increase the sensitivity of the the nerve pathways that tell your brain you have a problem. Uh, You might call them pain pathways. So, Use it but don't abuse it is the number one rule and I suggest you use that to give yourself a framework for creating a program of how much should you rest and how much should you move. Now, um, by way of, that was a bit of an introduction, by second way of an introduction, over 20 years ago I was very happy to be present at 
the launch of Working Backs Scotland. This was a government initiative um, to change people's attitudes to how they dealt with lower back pain. So way back when, um, pre-1990s, it was entirely normal for medical professionals to recommend bed rest for back pain, sometimes two, three, four weeks at a time. And I have indeed gone to help people who have been prescribed bed rest and find them to, uh, in their own homes, stuck in a bed, very weak, uh, drugged up on opiates and unable to move. Now, thankfully, this is a long time ago, probably the last one I saw, it was about 20 years ago. And there is no doubt that the advice to take to your bed when you have a sore back, when given in that blunt fashion with no additional information, was disastrous advice. So we had a kind of generation or more of people who, when they got that first severe episode of pain, were told to take to their beds. And that pretty much condemned them to a very slow recovery, if at all, in some cases, and certainly condemned them to repeat occurrences. So absolute bed rest, they realised, was a really bad idea. And so there was this huge campaign launched in Scotland called Working Back Scotland um, to encourage people to stay active and to remain um, as much as they could uh, doing their normal activities of daily living. So to keep going to work, to... Uh, you know, keep staying on top of things and not lie down to back pain. And of course, this has been a very good thing, not just for sufferers of back pain, but also for the medical profession who are advising them. You know, attitudes needed to change. And they did, um, I would say. Uh, and I think the evidence was it was a very successful campaign. A little shout out to Gavin Hastings, my old mate, the rugby player, who um, fronted that came campaign to a large extent. Uh, we used to have pictures of him on the television uh, back in the day when television adverts were all the rage, uh, walking, swimming, doing all th sorts of things about remaining active. So it is important not to simply take to your bed, but here's the rub. The, it's, it's equally important not to keep doing things that make your back sore. Remember that, but don't abuse it part. So you need to find that happy medium between rest and rehabilitation, so remaining active. And the framework I would recommend you use is to write this down. So document how you feel when you do things. Uh, and that could be things like walking, it could be things like going up and down stairs, it could be things like sitting in a chair, the sort of activities you would do normally in your everyday living. You know, write a list of the things you do and write next to them, one uh, in the next column, how long you can do that thing for before your back gets painful or, or, or how long you can do it for until it gets painful. So if you can only go up three steps before your back collapses uh, in agony, then your limit is probably two steps. Equally, if you can walk for 100 yards, and that's comfortable, but if you were to walk 150 yards, then your back becomes more and more painful, then I would stick down 100 yards. 
So that will give you a list of activities that you can do and how long you can do them for before your pain increases, okay? And perhaps for another part of your uh, spreadsheet, because it may well be a spreadsheet you use, um, write down, I, I may rest for. Uh, and next to that, you know, I, I'd start with a pretty brief rest and see if that's sufficient to kind of recharge the battery, if you like, to get your back or sciatic pain to settle back down again. And bear in mind, of course, the action of lying down and getting back up can be really challenging. And often people feel worse, you may feel worse, at, on those transitionary movements, classically getting up from lying down and particularly that first bit of weight bearing, whether it be sitting on the edge of the bed or getting up to a standing position. Sometimes, particularly with sciatic pains, you'll feel, particularly if they're disc related, you may feel a surge of pain down your leg as you move from lying to sitting or sitting to standing. And that isn't ideal. So, um, you know, for you, the best form of rest might actually be leaning on something and taking your weight off the leg or doing the wall lean exercise. And if you want to know um, more about which exercises to do to relieve your pain, go to www.active-x.co.uk and use our free online assessment tool to work out which exercises are best for the relief of your back pain. And we'll send you those exercises along with a 20-page report um, to help you to recover. So that was a bit of a diversion. So as I was saying, for some people, and you might be one of them, actually the transition between lying and sitting and standing causes you so much more pain that it's just not worth lying down. So, you know, you could document that. Uh, you could also use the action of getting up and lying down as a, a, an opportunity for rehabilitation if you do that mindfully. And if you want more information on that, uh, search the podcast for how to get up from sitting uh, I have a whole podcast episode dedicated to that. So coming back to your list of activities, you have a list of activities and you know how long you can do each one before the pain increases. You've given an estimate as to how long you could rest for. Uh, and as I said, with that estimate, you know, be conservative. Just give yourself maybe 15 minutes of rest rather than two hours of rest. But if you find that just taking 15 minutes of rest, that it doesn't settle down and that you just don't feel any better for resting, then you know, maybe push that out for 20 or 30 minutes at a time. Now, I know this is going to knacker, as I say, knacker your lifestyle uh, and you'll be very limited as a consequence of doing all this lying down. But remember, if you have injured tissues in your lower back, you need to give them the opportunity to heal. And this is the problem with uh, the campaign to keep people active when they have lower back pain or sciatica, is that for some people, and you may be one of them, your back actually needs more rest than it is used to getting so that those tissues can heal. And your job um, is to work out how much rest does it need. Um, I, I've been seeing a patient recently and she's a very busy person, an author, and moves around the country a lot. 
uh, particularly when she has a book launch on and consequently feels like the time is not her own. She you know, essentially has to perform. There's lots of travel involved. And she just wasn't giving her back the opportunity for recovery, rest and recovery that it needed. And, you know, we had to have a pl- pretty blunt conversation about, I'm sorry, but this is not going to get better if you keep pushing. Uh, now, it wasn't pushing by her normal standards, but as far as her lower back pain was concerned, it was just too much. It was overload. So she's had to take a bit of time out of her diary and rest more. Now, that doesn't mean, as I say, resting all the time, but it does mean, you know, probably every hour she's been taking 15 minutes of lying down time, uh, accompanied by then five minutes of gentle relieving exercises before she then gets on with whatever tasks she has to complete that day. So you'll find that your day is pretty fractured by necessity when you're rehabilitating from these sorts of pains. You know, have a little rest do a few reliever exercises, do whatever tasks you need to do, and then rinse and repeat. Have a little rest, do some reliever exercises, do the tasks you have to do. You know, it just doesn't work to bash on for six hours, then have a two hour rest and do 10 minutes of exercises. For most people, that's just, well, that's not gonna work as well as these kind of intermittent rest, do exercises, do, um, do, some, uh, do some tasks. So you're far better to have you know, four 15 minute rests in a day than you are to have a one hour solid block of rest. Okay, now I don't want to uh, overdo this. So I'm aware that I can uh, warble on and on on the same topic. So I hope you've got the, the essential ingredients there of the use it but don't abuse it rule and how to create a program of rest and rehabilitation for you. Oh, of course, what I have missed, duh, Gavin, is how to progress that. So, you know, if you start out, let's say, at um, 15 minutes of rest, five minutes of reliever exercises, and 45 minutes for argument's sake, or let's make it a nice round hour. Um, so 40 minutes of activity, then you know maybe you do that for two days in a row, and then you cut down the rest to 10 minutes and keep the relievers at five minutes, but now you're doing 45 minutes of activity or tasks and just slowly reduce the rest, the length of the rest periods and increase therefore your activity levels and it's just a slow progression what we see people falling off the cliff of pain um, as a result of is that you know you just get carried away you think oh i'm having a great day today you know hardly any pain when i woke up so oh look at all those jobs that are outstanding i'll wash the floors i'll hang the washing up um, you know or i'll spend eight hours at work today instead of the sort of two or three that you'd managed to get up to the previous day. And basically, you tip yourself back off the edge of that cliff again and end up in the sea of pain. So just because you're having a good day does not mean you could go hell for leather at all the things that you've had to uh, limit. So your rehabilitation program needs to be graded, a gradual return to normal. Okay, so that's how to apply the use it, but don't abuse it rule to create a program of rest and rehabilitation for your lower back pain or sciatica.
Thank you very much for listening. As I said earlier, do use our free online assessment tool uh, to get tailored exercises to relieve your pain. You can get those at www.active-x.co.uk. We'll send you those exercises and a 20-page report to help you to recover. If you haven't yet, please listen to the first six episodes of the podcast. They are our foundational episodes and give you a real in-depth understanding of your lower back, your sciatica, and how pain works. Vitally important to understand that. And please finally give us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this. It helps other people to find the podcast. Thanks for listening and speak to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the ActiveX Back Show. If you found this helpful, please pass along our web address to your friends and colleagues, active-x.co.uk. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes. If you have any questions related to lower back pain or sciatica, send them in and Gavin will aim to answer them in future episodes. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at ActiveXBacks.